Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today is a special show because we are speaking with Jackson, a 15-year-old inventor of a campaign that actually just launched a few moments ago called Save Our Species. We are also joined by Jackson's dad, Gavin, who's been helping him with the launch of SOS. So Jackson, Gavin, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Fantastic. Great to be here, yeah. Great to be here and uh, uh, yeah, fantastic to be live. Wonderful effort by all the amazing team at Inventus. We're uh, we're, we're thrilled. Yeah, so I know it's always a big day on launch day, and I'm super excited to be able to have you guys on the show on launch day and kind of talk through all the jitters that you have. But before we get into all that, let's just dive into the project, Jackson, and let's talk a little bit about where this all started and what inspired you to create Save Our Species. Well, we were in Costa Rica, and there's lots of amazing wildlife in Costa Rica, and we're playing lots of card games. So we thought it'd be a cool idea to create our own card game to do with wildlife. And if people were as engaged with like wildlife cards as they are with football cards or Pokemon cards, and if the money from that went to charity, then that'd be a huge positive change. We also, we also read this great book called Monkeys Are Made of Chocolate, which is a really interesting wildlife book, and it gave us some a couple of the a couple of key concepts that are in SOS, like national park cars, national parks, and wildlife corridors, which is super important in SOS. Cool, good. Nothing more to add. Amazing. So, in terms of the the invention itself and the the gameplay around it, talk a little bit about the product and the the game and how it all works, and you know what where it started in terms of how you came up with the idea, created the cards and all of that to where the project is now active on Kickstarter. So we were originally thinking board game, creating a board game, and then that kind of morphed into a card game because it's simpler and easier, quicker and more fun. And then we kind of came across a, but we kind of worked very quickly into gameplay that seemed to work, which is, so you have you have seven cards each, and you take it in turns to discard and pick up cards, trying to match match sort of tricks like in Rummy, as it would. And so you have four different biome types, which are essentially the suits in a card game. So you've got ocean, forest, grasslands, and polar. And then you match habitat cards and species cards together from the same biome type to create biomes you get points for the species that are in the biomes and the rarer the species the higher the points and then whenever people create biomes then an event card is turned over and event cards can be positive or negative and they're similar to a chance in monopoly so they can 
They can destroy habitat cards. And if your species cards are left with no habitat left, then they become extinct and you lose the points for them. And there, there are also two sort of wild cards. There's a national park card, which protects your habitat from event cards that would destroy habitat. And there are corridor cards, so which come from wildlife corridors, which we discovered in the book, Monkeys Are Made of Chocolate. And they, you can use them to connect one of your biomes to another player's biome, which means you get their points as well, your, their species points as well as your own, because it means the species can like move freely between and get more points. Just pausing yeah. on that for a moment. So the, the book that Jack is talking about, um, the author is oh, yeah. a guy called Jack Ewing. He's an amazing American guy who bought a big uh, um, farm in, in Costa Rica and proceeded to turn it back to, uh, to rainforest. And the, the concept of this wildlife oh. is something he's been advocating within Costa Rica, but actually within the whole of the Americas. You have these amazing national parks in Costa Rica, loads of them. Yeah. But so many of them are... Um, uh, Separated are, by like, yeah. farmland. Exactly. So then the, the wildlife corridors are just strips of habitat that connect the, the other habitat together. Exactly. And he, he's, species he, need. He's, like, he's spearheading an initiative to connect the whole of North America right down through to the whole of South America. So it's possible for animals to move safely, literally from North America to South America. So, and it's a very, very powerful card in, in the game. Isn't yeah, it? So if you, it can kind of flip. It's quite a game changer. can flip the game because if, if, you know, Roy, if you're, you're playing and you've very proudly created this incredible, uh, uh, you know, rainforest biome with all these amazing species, Jackson's hanging on to his corridor card until quite late in the game, connects to you, gets to your points. And it kind of flips again. Yeah. There is also a risk with that because one of the event, well, a few of the event cards allow people. So you you steal cards from the other people. So like you take you take it in turns to take one from the person next to you. And if your corridor card gets stolen, you only get one at the beginning. So then that might like ruin your plans. So you can't really hold on to them for too long. It's a bit risky. So it was a good bit of jeopardy. Yeah. When you talk a little bit, I mean. If- Keep, keep talking, talk a bit about the development process because you say it kind of quite quickly yeah. became a card game, but then, then very slowly became a game of business over yeah, multiple so, years, right? So it was, like we said, a board game, and then it went to a card game, which we found a, a good thing that worked, but it was still quite complex. Um, and then we, we've done some, well, we've tested it with friends and family, and that helped us make it a bit simpler. And then also, WWF did a extensive consumer research trial which a few families got sent the game they played it and they gave some gave us some feedback and we found a few more ways to simplify it from there and then we've just been making well, yeah. a series of games uh, yeah, maybe, yeah show them so it's, it's literally the, the key thing here is it's been through literally dozens dozens of different versions and although jackson's what he's showing you here different it's, it's not so much about the look and feel, it's about the gameplay. Yeah. And, and so the gameplay through each of these different iterations over three years has been played by literally thousands of people. And every single time they've loved it, but it's just got a bit simpler. So the kind of the, the, the ethos, the core of the game is absolutely yeah. still there. But every time it's just we kept peeling stuff away and realizing, wow, it's the same game, but yeah. easier. It was quite, know, it's so. quite crazy when we came up with a, came up with an improvement and the, that effectively made it the same but so much easier to understand yeah so yeah pro I think there's a there's a great nugget in there for all the other creators you know starting yeah. with something potentially really complex or an idea that's out there but you guys did multiple different rounds of testing and iterations and continue to improve it as well as 
feed your feedback cycle of how do we make this the best gameplay that it possibly can be. And usually, like with most inventions, the simplest invention usually wins, right? Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and the other kind of real learning for us in there is um, it's, it's essential to get it out to people from all walks of life. So, you know, we, we started with friends and family, but essential to go beyond your immediate core of friends and family, to get it to all people, all walks of life. Really, really importantly, to listen very openly to your feedback. So is this kind of, you know, you can be quite defensive as the inventor and you kind of go, oh, well, you know, no, but actually just listening to all that feedback and addressing all that feedback, um, it just kept getting better and better. So one thing I'm really interested in is how did your partnership with a huge global brand like WWF initiate? What was the process there and how did they get involved with this gameplay? Um, well, rem- you-, you can fill in on how we worked, but it, remarkably easy. I mean, it was uh, they were the first people we approached because they we said, let's go for the best, right? Let's go for the most recognized brand in this space on the planet. In fact, one of the most yeah. recognized yeah. brands like the pandas. on the planet, full stop, right? It's uh, they're totally global, amazing uh, brand. And it was we we just hit a nerve with them straight away the very first meeting and 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 I we, we were very fortunate because actually this was all kind of happening playing during lockdown so it was quite easy for Jackson to do lots and lots of meetings but we hit a nerve um, and I'll let you talk about working with them but they were at really looking for more initiatives to connect with younger audiences so this was to them wow you know here's a way to engage younger yeah. audiences and families together. In, and, and, and through play, so it's kind of like learning, you know, gamification of learning, really. It was a kind of quite a subtle way to get people to engage in species and the plight of species, in particular their habitats and what they could do about it. So they were, they were just, they, yeah, they were incredibly excited, came on board really easily. We, you know, we, we thought it was going to be, you know, we, we're going to go through a list of 10 different charities, but we, we got lucky on the first one. Um, do you want to talk a bit about kind of working with them? Yeah. journey? Well. It's been pretty, it was pretty fun to, because we got to go on a call with their, like, their actual scientists from WWF working out, like, well, what species and habitat we're going to use in the game, like, helping us fact check uh, the facts, because obviously they have to be absolutely correct for all the species. Yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. And and again, quite involved, you know, because these things, as always, get quite involved. You know, you've literally got the head scientists, they've got the chief global polar scientist yeah you know and and we're, you're getting into these debates which sounds crazy but you know he's like well we don't normally like to see um penguins yeah. and polar bears together because they're on the opposite ends of the planet you know yeah. so it's like you know but then we have this debate about well we're going for a mainstream audience initially you know they, they don't worry about that we're not trying to educate that level we can in later versions bring out really more precise do the polar version you know the antarctic version yeah so there was a lot of great stuff, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, uh, and the other big benefit of working with them is they clearly have a very high sustainability bar. So that was very helpful for us when selecting manufacturing partners, et cetera. Yeah. So it's the very highest level. Um, Cartamundi is pretty easy because yeah. there's no plastic. So Cartamundi have just, just started like rolling out a paper wrap so even the like the cellophane that comes on the cards when they're brand new that's now paper as well so yeah. there's literally no plastic and it's got all the right inks and everything just for the audience so Cartamundi are oh, uh, yeah. the world's largest manufacturer of playing cards um they're european based but they they manufacture 
in multiple countries around the world, including a number of big factories in the US. So they're our partner and they're amazing because you know, they've been a partner since very early on. They're very big. Make which, a million days. So it's a bit of a challenge for a, a small company like us, but again, they... They, uh, they they got very into the mission and you know the vision behind it and, and have been great to work with. So speaking of vision, let's talk a little bit about the active crowdfunding campaign. I'm watching it in the background here and it's going up hundreds of dollars as we speak. So this is great to see. But let's talk about how you were first introduced to crowdfunding. What was it? How was it? And then what made you decide to use crowdfunding to launch this game with? Well, you do the thing. well, I probably, I think I first heard of crowdfunding was when I saw on the front of the Exploding Kittens box, the most backed Kickstarter ever. So I was like, well, well, five years ago at least. And yeah, didn't know what Kickstarter was then. And then that was before we came up with, the, with SOS. And then it just kind of seemed since from the beginning, it kind of seemed like we were leading up to Kickstarter because it's just quite a, a simple, a simple way to not simple, but it, it's a, it's a um, it's a great focus to have. It's a good platform. It's, it's a it's a it's a great focus. So we have been what Jackson's saying there is that we have been very focused from the very outset of our first real major goal is to get this on Kickstarter. Yeah. And, uh, there's a whole big retail launch coming after that. Um, but Kickstarter sure. is a very yeah. focused, discreet thing for us to for us to do. Well, it's very. It's, pretty it's easy to tell how how well you're doing and you can like because you can see very clearly how much like uh like popularity how much growth it's having and how big of a crowd you've got on there it's also been a big motivator for jackson as you can tell so the whole exploding kittens kickstarter story he's back things he's really interested in it and it's really helped drive him on you know, so today is a really, really big day. Yeah. And unlike you, we're not looking at it in the background because we'd be very distracted and not answering any of your questions properly because it's been very exciting, uh, exciting build up. The other thing I'd say, the other bit to your question there, Roy, was um, I think you said around sort of why why crowdfunding. The other thing that's really great for us, it's, it's this opportunity to build a community, to build a following what SOS is all about, the fact that Jackson is, and we haven't even said it on this yet, is, is, has pledged very generously 100% of all profits yeah. from this game will go to charities. So 75% WWF and 25% of it will go to other conservation charities that Jackson gets to choose. Yeah. So that's his kind of like long-term interest. And, and, and again, to be very clear, because it's, it's a tight path we've had to walk, Kickstarter doesn't allow you to donate money to charity, so it's it's very we've made it very very clear on the site that the money we raise on Kickstarter is 100% going to be spent on manufacturing the game. You know, the more we raise, the more stock we can buy, the more successful conversations will be with retailers, the more retailers we can uh, supply with stock. So all the money on Kickstarter is is to um, manufacture, produce the game, build up stock. All um, uh, Profits that then come from selling the game in retail afterwards will go to those charities. So it, it's, that, it's that kind of ability to build that community around Jackson. Again, it's easier to put Jackson front and center. He's front and center on the Kickstarter page in his, in his film. Easier yep. to do that than if we go straight to, to Amazon and a, and a retail store launch. So it's, it's amazing, to, amazing to have that opportunity. Also, Kickstarter is useful for if, if you get a good kickstarter you can see you can tell retailers about 
well, you can see, you can show them your Kickstarter campaign and rather than just like telling them to trust you that it's going to yeah. be good, they can actually see for themselves. Yeah. That the combination successful. of WWS reach and brand <laughs> with retailers combined with actual um, uh, evidence and demand on Kickstarter will be, I think, very powerful for us as we, as we move forward. Absolutely. You've proved market demand. You're showing it. Let's talk a little bit about the, the lead up, right? The, the build up, the anticipation of getting the crowdfunding campaign launched. What did or what are a few tips that you would recommend to other young creators that they should do in order to get their campaign in such a good presentation state, uh, getting it ready to launch? Well, I think having a good a good video is important because like rather than text, obviously videos are nowadays is a really good way of getting across your point and gain, and engaging people. So I think the video is quite an important thing. Also making sure you prototype your game enough so that it's you it's like really fun to play already. So you can't just like think of the idea and then just like um guess the amount of each card you want. Like obviously we had to play the game hundreds of times to work out how many hundreds. Tens of, tens of thousands of times. <laughs> to work out how many, exactly how many species and habitat you want, how many biomes or what event cards you want. Obviously, it'll be different for other games, but you need to prototype the game to what you want. Um, and I would say um, it's, it's kind of really planning ahead, getting your top line messages right. You know, what is it we want to say? The, um, as Jackson says, the video, but also all the other imagery and, and kind of branding around that, that is getting that prepared really clearly up front. And then very importantly, and where inventors have, have been fantastic because, you know, we wouldn't have known to do it. You know, we wouldn't have known to do any of the things that your guys have, have coached us to do, but allowing plenty of time for a pre-campaign phase. So we ran a five-week pre-campaign phase um, where we were uh, – putting SOS out there via social networks, via um, social network advertising, et cetera, to build up a database of emails of interested people so we can have a kind of strong start. And the other reason it was incredibly important was it helps you flush out any issues and any errors and then well, the things that are going to... So, yeah, we had a really big one. Why don't you um, tell them the... Uh, well, yeah. we... So this is at the start of the six weeks before the campaign where we're starting adverts and we've... So we put up some okay. some like card game adverts for SOS, and then it's been blocked by all the Facebook bots. Like all of them get blocked because apparently talking about conservation is a political topic. So um, Facebook literally Facebook bots block them because it deems them as political, and you need a political um, license to advertise politically on Facebook. So that set us back like a couple of weeks so we had to um register for for a license so we could put up adverts and even when we tried just not even we didn't even say conservation we just said like wildlife and it got blocked wildlife is political too yeah but again to be you know to be clear fantastic to have flushed that out early on your team was amazing yeah yeah all over it they were working with the reps and they got approved faster than we would yeah absolutely and so we you know we Deliberately delayed by a couple of weeks because we, we we really wanted to have that run in. And the other thing that's fantastic is it gives you a chance to test loads and loads and loads of different uh, adverts. Um, adverts. 
So Jackson has been uh, creating multiple shorts yeah. just straight to his mobile phone, little video clips, etc. Um, and then your team have been they test all that, and and we we you know we can very quickly and easily see the sort of things that resonating and bringing more people to the uh, the campaign page it means you can hit the actual campaign running at full speed. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, you guys have been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now. What were some of those considerations that you guys went through in choosing an agency to partner with in launching this amazing game? Well, the pe- people's a key one. So our very early conversations with uh, your, your, your team, in particular with, with Reed Phillips, well, the fact that he likes guitars, you like guitars, yeah. that helped. But no, to be, to be, <laughs> to be serious, he was... Um, uh, they, they were fantastic conversations. He kind of he got it really quickly. Uh, the whole interaction at that stage was was incredibly professional. Just the whole, we, you know, we 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 could see that you guys knew what you you were doing. You've done it loads and loads of times yeah. before. So that experience is uh, was incredibly. Important also, you for us. do all like everything basically. So we only have to use one company. Like obviously, because you do Facebook advertising, created the campaign all the pre-campaign stuff and making the email database and the MailChimp and all that. So, And we're also conscious that we're actually only using a small slice. Even everything that Jackson's described there is a small slice of what you actually do. you know. And it's only really through geographical reasons, the fact that we're here in the, in the UK and your, your teams yeah. are predominantly in America, that you know, we, we didn't use you for all the prototyping and all the videos. And in fact, we, we came to you when we were quite uh, mature on that side, but would certainly consider that when Jackson does his next invention. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Jackson, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. Let's do it. So at the, the young age, I know you started uh, this three years ago, I believe, but what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's, I've always found it super interesting to have like to create something yourself so like a product that is literally created by you because you, you have loads of things around your like around the house which someone has created with um like manufactured it sold it to you like a consumer and it'd be cool to have it's cool to have things that you've created and spent a lot of time on to get into people's houses and people to play it and obviously i love card games as well so absolutely and i've always thought about making card games i used to make like um I used to make like card games and I was like six, just like with cutting out the paper and like laminating them. So yeah, I've always found that interesting. Nice. So if you could play the game SOS with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Um, probably creator of Exploding Kittens, I think. Like Lee. yeah. Okay. Well, what, uh, what would be your first question for him? Um, <laughs> probably how... How he got such a good Kickstarter. <laughs> it's like $9 million. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, tips on, tips on making SOS yeah. better too, right? It would be quite handy. So we're hoping you're going to set that up, Roy. <laughs> no, on a serious note, we, we are. No. We're hoping to, to chat with those guys and get some... Uh, but anyway, yeah, they're impressive. So, Jackson, what advice would you give to another young inventor who's looking to launch their idea? Well, lots of prototyping, I'd say. And well, keep trying as well. So, what about on the prototyping? I'm not really well, thing. Oh yeah, I did this. Um, 
Mark Rover, of course. A lot of viewers have probably heard of Mark Rover, so he's a famous YouTuber. He used to work at NASA and Apple, and I did his like course on product design, and that was interesting to know to like see the prototyping process on like well iterating design and coming up with ideas, and that was helpful for SOS. Nice. So what's what's one invention that's made your life easier during the pandemic? Um, uh, like all the modern uh, technologies for contacting people over the internet, like Zoom and all the chat, like Active Collab, Zoom Teams. It just it made it super easy. It made it easy to contact, like get on meetings with WWF, and like he said, to I could be on most of the meetings, like almost all of them, because of Zoom. So yeah, that's been really helpful. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing what technology's done for the world. All right, Jackson, I know we just launched the campaign moments ago, but I'm still very interested to hear your take personally on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? So you, um, well, I think it could become more of a, more like retail, not, not, not actually retail, but more where people like looking on Kickstarter for things they want to buy rather than like um rather than like a donation thing. I mean obviously it is already like that, but I think it'll become more like that. It'll become more and more integrated. Integrated with retail and Kickstarter will probably you know, and crowdfunding will probably move further and further down the development chain. You know, the the ability to just keep refining what people actually want and and waste less stuff, you know, let's make stuff that people really want to buy rather than make it and see if they want to buy it. You know, it's uh um, makes a whole lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out SOS on Kickstarter. Well, this is a super fun, super fun, quick to learn card game for the whole family. And if that's not enough, it 100% of profits are donated to charity. And you can also you can get a founders edition on Kickstarter, which is. Don't know if you can see, yeah, you can see it on here. It's got holofoil on the front and it's signed by me as well. And uh, where to go find it? Just go search oh, Save yeah. Our Species search on Save Kickstarter. Our species. Save Our Species on Kickstarter. Um, starts at £19, yeah. $27. So. And there's a few uh, great value bundles on there as well. Yeah, like um, gift packs. And, you know, even if playing cards isn't your thing, then gift it to someone else. It's uh, fun for all the family. Fantastic fun. I'll show them a yeah. few cards and and beautiful images too. So it's uh, yeah, Getty images. So like these, these are uh, high quality. These these images of uh, of all the wildlife uh, as it plays out on the as it plays out on the table. You you have this kind of amazing scenes um, kind of develop all over the uh, the table of all these incredible species and their habitats. Well, it looks amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I got to thank you guys both for joining me on the show today. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, transcript, links to the active campaign. And of course, I got to give a shout out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor over at Product Type, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Jackson, Gavin, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Great, to, great talking to you, Roy. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. 
If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.